Welcome to the Showbiz Podcast with Robert Rabia and Joey coley Sari. This week's guest, Steve Mazakis. This week, Robert and I sat down with Steve Mazakis, and our conversation began before we'd even had a chance to hit record, so strap in. Steve Mazakis is an award-winning Australian artist who has become rather synonymous with bringing a certain gravitas to the characters he plays. Known for his work on the Stuart Beattie-directed film High Frankenstein along Bill Nye, Aaron Eckhart and Miranda Otto, smash hit Darkness Falls, which opened at number one at the US box office. Spike Jones is Where the Wild Things Are, the Netflix hit The Suicide Theory, and his breakout role in the US as Van Gogh on the rebooted TV series and fan favourite, Prison Break. Mazakis continues surprise and delight with the choices that he makes. Steve Mazakis' vast body of work on both screen and stage have seen his efforts rewarded with a Green Room Award for his performance in the Cherry Orchard at the Melbourne Theatre Company, as well as winning a Best Actor Award at the St Kilda Film Festival and the Melbourne International Film Festival. With candour and humour, Mazakis joins us in this episode to talk about his experiences in the industry, his approach to developing a character, and why Bill Nye said to him before a take that this is all a bit ridiculous. Like it, it really comes down to character and some people can't see past that, you know. Like like I said, I always give the Joe Pesci example. I mean, the guy's five foot nothing and plays the most menacing character on screen. You see Goodfellas, you see Casino, and that is purely character, you know. I think people are a little bit afraid of acting, real acting. Okay and prefer that maybe we just get the guy who is the guy. Yes. And that way we don't have to worry about whether he starts the big performance or not. Yes. It's one thing to cast, um, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, that's, that's a different Because, you're, you know, you're, you're, but you're looking at that. You're sure, looking, sure, you're looking sure. for the performance. You're going, hey, yeah, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis is the greatest actor of his generation or... Do you believe um, Ben that? Kingsley or, do, do or whatever? That? Do you believe that? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Or Ben Kingsley or whoever it is. You sure. go, okay, act. You know, I want to see you act. Yeah, yeah. But seeing people that they don't know for those things, they go, well, maybe, you know, it's a, bit, it's a bit more of a question mark. And so you go, well, you know, maybe it's just a safer choice just to go with someone who isn't going to act, but actually will be. Do you feel that's more in the Australian film and television industry? Or do you think no, I think that's, that, that's across the board. And okay. particularly, I think that in America as well, you know, where for certain character roles, unless you're known for that, unless you're known for taking on these diverse characters and go, well, actually, it works. Yes. It's, it, it feels like a risk. It feels a, like a punt. A, a punt from the perspective of the key creatives, the power brokers, because they're investing so much like money-wise, budget, etc., into this production and they're just afraid to take a risk. So they say to themselves, well, let's go to the go-to guy, Steve Mazakis, yeah. for example, you know, the, the guy that brings the gravitas that makes those... those <laughs> well, well, you know, okay, sure. that, was in, that was in the intro, so we have to go with that. Yeah, but, he likes but, the word gravitas. <laughs> but that makes the lead actors look good, you know. You need those kind of characters, you know, that makes the leading man or leading lady look good. And... Um, do, do, do you feel that's the case? I think if you're in the room with the, uh, the creatives that make the decisions, rather than off a tape or even, you know, just off on, on what's on paper. Yes. But if you're in the room with someone who makes a de- who, who's going to make the decision and goes, I, 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 
I'm looking at you and I see my show or I see my film. Yes. Then it's a done deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but all... you're often not in the room with those people. Yeah. Not these days anyway. Yeah. Do you mm. understand their perspective or? Uh, having been involved in some casting, I do. Yeah. You know, uh, for, well, not, not for many years now, but I, I, I used to read often for auditions. I remember you used to tell me that, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, it must I, be interesting seeing it from that perspective. Absolutely. Like behind the camera. You know? Absolutely. And also from the perspective of to see people come in and be great. Yeah. Yeah. And not get, not get the role because, or whatever it is that, like I said, that person, the director often is sitting there and goes, oh yeah, they were really good. But yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's not right. And you're like thinking, wow, I cannot believe someone just did that yeah. and didn't get the role. And in a way, it made, makes you feel better. You think, well, it's possible that that can happen, obviously. Yeah. Um, but sometimes or, it's so benign as just, they just didn't look right for the part, even though the performance was exceptional, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and the reverse as well, where yeah. somebody comes in, you go, and they say, well, what did you think of that? And I'm like, oh, Oh, yeah, it was all right. And they're like, oh, my God. He's amazing. I was like, wow, he weaved a spell on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it's a little bit... Uh, Horses for courses kind of scenario. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's a bit of a hit and miss um, process. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, I think the right person gets chosen for the project that they're making, not necessarily the best actor. Pathological optimist, I like it. <laughs> no, it's the right person for the project that they're making. That, that they're looking for. You know, I've often seen things afterwards that I haven't been cast in and looked at it and thought, okay, that's not what I, that's not what I was doing. Yes. But I actually think that that's right for what's going on right. here. It's so hard to predict, isn't it? I mean, and you really can't. And, and sometimes you drive yourself insane even thinking about it. I mean, the only thing that's in your hands is what you're doing on the day. You can only make your choices, commit to them, and the rest is up to the creative gods, I guess. But also to enjoy it. Yeah, completely. To turn up and go, well, you know, this is an opportunity, especially when I found myself in, you know, at times in Los Angeles, was even, you know, weirder than that. But to go, to well, what extent, Steve? Oh, well, you know, you're finding yourself in situations, you know, you turn up and you don't know what you're about to walk into. You literally don't know. And you think yeah. you know. Yeah. You go, oh, I've seen it all. And then you walk into a room and think, my God, I was not ready for that. Has there been a particular I was not ready for stand. 15 people to be there. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, uh, and or, or whatever it was. Yes, yes. And then, uh, you know speak to my agent afterwards and say, you know, say, wow, you know, that was, uh, that was, oof, I was playing catch up in there or whatever. Right, right. And, uh, he's, uh, and he said, wow, I told you it was going to be there. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but he didn't tell me it was going to be there like that. And he's going, dude, how would I know? Yeah. yeah. I, I've never, you know, I've never been to an, they've never been to audition. No, how would no. they know what's going to be there? So what's the moral of the story? Expect the unexpected. Be ready. Um, but yeah. in those moments, you want the kind of material that you can go into, that you can take and actually go into. So that it's not a blah, 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 you know, um, you know, could be like just, you know, the offside a cop scenario, whatever, you know, sure, you sure. want some material that you can get stuck into because that way you can settle into sure. it. It doesn't matter who's there. You yes. go, well, if I've got a couple of pages here to really get into something, then it's going to be all right. Was there a particular moment that stands out for you in extension to what you're talking about? Yeah, sure. I, <laughs> I went into a, I, I went into a, uh, what I called 
it was a, it was my first producer session in Los Angeles for a new show. And there was producer session. Would you mind just defining a, a producer listeners? session? Essentially, means that all the all the players are going to be there. All right. Okay. And I'm in this big room there at CBS. Wow. And I'm uh, I'm sort of looking around, and it's a little bit like death row, <laughs> right? There's people that who are just completely um, falling in on themselves. You know, everyone's just like on this kind of thing, and there's other people who are being. And I could see people wandering around, talking to themselves. Literally walking around the room or in the car park there and just... Actors? Yeah, actors playing stuff out. Sure. And I'm thinking, wow, what are you doing there? You know, why are you doing that? I, I feel quite nervous looking at them. So I thought, I'm just not going to do that, right? I'm it's just something gonna... you don't see often. Yeah, so I thought, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to chill and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And th- but afterwards I realized why. Because then the girl comes down, she says, uh, Steve Muzaki. I say, yeah, that's me. She follow, I follow her. We, we get to this room and uh, uh, she says, how do I pronounce your name? And I was like, uh, it's, you know, Muzaki. She goes, okay. Phonetically. So she walks in. So she walks in and she says, yeah. So she walks in and says, um, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Muzaki. <laughs> Right? And the curtain opened. Uh, almost. <laughs> I walked in. I thought, hey, that was good. Good job. Well done. And I looked around and thought, oh, my God, what's going on here? Right? And there was this a big row of people uh, sitting on a table. I saw it. Uh, I walked in. I didn't know what was happening. And this is all a new experience for you, obviously. Because I'd never seen anything quite like this. No, in Australia, you don't. And there was a, a chair in the middle of the room. And I went over to the chair and I turned around and, I, uh, and I'm seeing a row of people on a table in front of me. And uh, I looked at them and they're all looking at me expectantly but not saying anything. Sure. So I was like, um, is this me? Is this the chair? And they're sort of looking at me. And then off in the corner there, I saw the casting director who I knew and she was right over, like far away in the corner. Steve, what was this audition for? If you don't mind me uh, it was a it was a pilot, it was a series that you know, which uh, 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 like some cop show in New Orleans. Okay, okay. Obviously, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it right, but I was there, and uh, and I saw the casting director over in the corner with a camera, like right over in the corner, like fly on the wall kind of. Yeah, story, and yeah. I, and she's looking at me, you know, making the 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 motion like. Oh, and I said, gorilla style audition. And I was like, <laughs> oh, we're on. Oh, okay, yeah, we're on. Uh, and started. But then I was like, well, who am I doing this to? The, the corner there where there's a camera in the dark or the so people in front of me? You're processing all this in real time. <laughs> oh, this is insane. Absolutely insane, right? Now, when I walked out of there, I, I was in a bit of shock. I thought, yeah, clearly. <laughs> what just happened there, you know? And uh, who did I, see? I, I? And I saw an Australian actor, um, uh, 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 Ben. I feel terrible. Not Mendelssohn. No, it wasn't Mendelssohn. I wish it was. I wish it was, How good would it be if you walked out of there and just saw Mendo, just, you know, just you know, smoking, smoking a cigar, just going. Like, but I, I, I and uh, I saw him. And I walked over there and uh, I said, "Oh, you, you know, you're Josh's brother." And he said, "Yeah." He's going, "Are you all right?" I was like. Uh, no, I don't think I am. And he said, is this your first producer session? <laughs> I said, yeah. He goes, ah, oh, mate, 
You'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know now, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so after that moment, I thought, okay, all bets are off. I, who knows what I'm walking into? Yeah. I've got to be ready for anything, no matter what. From the time you start. Yeah, there won't be any meet and greet or hi, hey, going or... Yeah. And the flip side was something like Prison Break, where I've walked into a, a, a much smaller room. Um, so just for, for some context for the listeners, Steve was um, pretty much breakthrough in the US market on a rebooted TV series of Prison Break. Prison Break, Playing yeah. a character called Van Gogh. Um, so... Steve, what were you saying, sorry? Well, to walk, I walked into that room thinking, who knows? It could be a similar sort of situation yes, here. Yes. Um, but it was, a, you know, it was a small casting office. I walked in and I saw about six people in there, more like what we'd be accustomed to. Right. And uh, Paul Shering, who's the uh, creator of that show, he was, he was sitting pretty much where you are now. Right. I sat here. And uh, uh, the uh, casting director was like, um, any questions? I was like, no, he goes, okay, camera's rolling. You know, that's how fast it, you know, it's just bang, we're in. And this was at CBS as, as well? Uh, this was, no, this was up in uh, North Hollywood at the, stu uh, the studios up there. Uh, War is it Warner Brothers up there? I'm not sure. Um, and uh, we ran through, we ran through the scene. I look back, I'm sort of trying to take the room in, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the casting director looked over to Paul and he was like, so well prepared. <laughs> wow. And, 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 and <clears throat> referring to yourself. To, to, to me. Right, right. And uh, Paul was just nodding. And uh, I thought maybe it's time, you know, I inject something in here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I started talking about the character or something, right. you know, like what my instincts were about it and blah, blah, blah. And Paul just cut me off and says, don't think about it, dude. You, na you nailed it. And I was oh, like, wow. okay, get up and walk out. Do not say a word after that. Thanks so much. Don't, don't, See you guys. Bang. Don't sell what's been sold. Yeah. These people, I was in there for maybe four minutes. And I thought, I, seriously? When I, afterwards it was like, oh yeah, your first choice, you're going to, you know. How did that make you feel? Like, you're going to Fox, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I thought, I can't believe it. I, I mean, I've been in rooms with directors in Australia that I've known for 15 years and they're running me through hoops, you know. Right, right. These people made a decision on me in less than five minutes so, so does that tell you that they instinctively know what they want yes they, they just go it? bang that's the guy yeah that's it that's the guy I, I mean you might you might put it down to this people don't like to spend a lot of time on this stuff you know yeah. they want to just get it done once but once they've got their guy they've got their guy so do you, do you think as soon as they saw you that you know the creative powers in that room they just knew immediately that you were the guy well, here's the thing. Well, what what ended know. up happening after I got offered the job and I got, ex you know, I accepted the job and the deal got done. And I thought, prison break. Prison break, yes, right? Yes, and I thought, yes. oh, great. You know, when does it start? Starts in April. I said, sweet. So it's done. The deal is done. I'm going to go home for Easter. Yes. Uh, see the family, you know, and, you know, get ready and come back, sure. right? And then in the meantime, not a lot of people know this story, but in the meantime, what happened was because the show was shooting in Vancouver, um, there was uh, the... Um, the Canadian Union challenged my casting. The decision to cast you? Yeah, because they were like, well, wait a minute, you've got a guy from Australia here coming in to play this role yeah, on this yeah. show. Why can't it be a Canadian guy? Right. And then the, the studio had to come in and say, no, 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 
you know, we're not casting this guy because he's a sh Australian. We're casting this guy because we think he's the best guy for the role. Right, right. All right. And this, it went. There's a quite a bit of back and forth. Suddenly, I had to send all you know my stuff, press packages, reviews, the whole lot. So it became an issue. It was touch and go there for a moment. Wow, wow. What I came to find out when you know finally I got the green light to go and do it, and I went there. What I came to find out was that the creators of the show, Paul and the studio, went into bat for me. They could have easily just gone, well, this is all too hard. Okay, who right. do you want? You want a Canadian guy? Well, we'll give you a Canadian who, guy. Who was the studio? Fox. Oh, Fox. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it, it made me feel, you know, uh, good in that respect. And yeah. to answer your question before, that they're like, yeah, no, that's the guy to play the role. And I think that's always what, it want, what you want it to be anyway. There's so many factors, though, isn't, isn't there? Apart from you just walking in and doing the best job possible. I mean, it's almost a polemic in a way, you know? That's out of your hands. Yeah. I, it was... Uh, I had a few sleepless nights over. I thought, oh, I can imagine. Can, 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 surely that can't be happening. Yeah, yeah. And the worst, the worst, the worst moment in that at, at that time was people were congratulating me. I was going, hey, great, you got this gig. And, blah, blah. and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The social media posts went out. Well, I'm thinking, oh, man, this is, this is, you know, this is tough. This is tough yeah. at the moment. And I wasn't saying anything about it. My, you know, Christine, my wife, is like, do not tell anyone about this stuff going on with the Canadian Union, you wow, know? Wow, well, look, wow. Canada, I said, come on, man, we're, it's the Commonwealth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the team. <laughs> you know, come on, guys, seriously. Uh, but then, um, and then I remember actually right towards the end of that process, my agent, and years, or oh, two years later, I said to him, why did you send me that email? And he said, because that was the moment I thought, oh my God, we might lose this. He sent me this email saying um, that a casting uh, notice for, for this role has gone out in Canada. And that, I, that, that Your broke. Your heart would have sank. Sank. Yeah. I just thought, wow. So close. Wow. I, unbelievable. I must, I must be the unluckiest actor in the world. And how long were you in LA uh, before that, you know, first break came through, before it was actually... Oh, I had been going in... I had been going back and forth for at least a couple of years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, so that was a big moment. It was a big moment. And you're yeah. thinking, oh my God, and now it's about to go away. So And, and clearly you got the part. In the end, yeah, I got the part. Yeah, yeah. after, you know, uh, yeah, jumping yeah. through hurdles. But yeah. how, how was that experience, Steve? It was great. It yeah. was great. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm not to, not to say that you don't get looked after on, on an Australian production. You, of course, we know yes. what it's like. You do get looked after. Right, right. Uh, but the level, you know, the Americans know how to take it up a, a notch. Example? Well... Uh, Okay, a funny one was um, I'd been going back and forth for a while, yeah. you know, and uh, we was staying at a hotel called the Su the Sutton in Vancouver. Right. The great thing about the Sutton is it has rooms there and it has apartments there, okay. but it's a hotel, has a bar. Now, there's 50 shows being shot, American TV shows being shot in Vancouver at that time. Wow. So that whole hotel is just chock-a-block full of... Yeah, you know, there's people from the wire there. There's, right, right. You know, you can just, you know, you're seeing people all the time. You're hanging out with people all the time, you know, in the bar, etc. Yeah. So I, I like staying there. Anyway, it's a wonderful creative community by the sounds awesome. of it. Yeah. And then uh, one of the times I, I, I flew to LA because I had a, some time off, and then they flew me back. And when I went back, they they put me in an apartment. 
just around the corner. Yeah, yeah. And I went into this apartment. I thought, well, it's. I mean, it's big. It's nice, but. <laughs> what am I going to do in here on my own? Right, you know? right. Like, this is a bit. This is a bit. It's a bit much. You right. Know? Right at that moment, you know, someone from production calls. And they're going, you know, Steve, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm all right. Uh, and they're like, uh, so, you know, we booked you into the, you know, the apartment because you're going to be here for three weeks or whatever and blah, blah, blah. So we thought maybe it's better. And I said, oh, okay. And they go, you don't sound pleased. And I was like, oh, no, no. I'm, uh, was it an upgrade or a downgrade? Oh, no, it was an upgrade as far as they were concerned. Sure. And, I, and I said, look, uh, to be honest, I kind of don't. I like the hotel. I like the hotel. Sure. And I'm like, don't unpack. I was like, no, no, I don't want to create, you know, it's like you've booked it in that don't unpack. Right. Okay, I will call you back in five minutes. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want you to go in any trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah. Steve, do not unpack. <laughs> you know, like, if this is not what you want, then, you know, right. we're going to get you into the place you want. It was like, a flippant comment from you, though. It wasn't uh, serious enough. Yeah, I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I wasn't gonna call my agent about it. <laughs> but that kind of thing, like they are, you know, yeah, they 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 really want you to be uh, as comfortable as possible. Absolutely, you know, and you know, the idea being that uh, you know these are the artists, and you know, you you want to look after them. I, I can see how some people could get carried away and, and abuse that kind of uh, privilege yeah, completely. Um, but then in that moment, I also see why uh, Australian actors are really well liked over there because we're hard workers, you know? That's what we know. We know how to go in and just work. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the comments that constantly gets yeah. you know, repeated um, almost ad nauseum. I mean, why is that? Is it because they are hard workers, because they are amicable, because they don't want to create a fuss, as you were just talking about? Well, I, I think... More than anything, we know how what a what a. I'm not saying American actors by and large don't. No, of course. Um, but there, there would be a lot of actors over there who are very, very well accustomed to the perks that go on to right. you know go into being on big TV shows and yeah. big films, and are going to take full advantage of that. And I, I think as you know, Australians going over there, uh, we come from a, a really sort of blue collar kind of uh, environment yeah, well in terms said. of doing uh getting down in the trenches yeah. and you know making this film for no money or making this show because the yeah. market is so small here in comparison absolutely and yeah. so but that's just we're programmed that way and i think they respond a lot to that they just go right that's the guy who we know we can count on when things are going to get right. tight or you know you're going to stay there and go yeah i'm going to do it i'm not saying uh, you know other American actors don't. No, no, we're generalising, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also there's the tendency in Australian budgets that, like, you know, we, if we had a budget for even, what, the, the smaller end of production that happens over in America, that's a party for us. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And, like, so there's a massive amount of appreciation that goes with it. Like, Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's true. Not to say, I mean, that there's, a, you know, a lot of indie stuff and there's a, a, so much that goes on over there, you know, which I, I can't say I'm fully aware of it but uh so so we actually started um conversing bef before the interview started and i think uh, johnny just pressed play but oh, record rather uh, so just when we started going yeah the showbiz podcast began <laughs> it right. just began naturally Organ organically. organically well what i do want to say is if you haven't guessed already we are speaking to steve mazarkas 
time with Steve. We really appreciate you joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. So, Steve, Thank you. we met a while ago on a fun but forgettable film. <laughs> it shouldn't have been called Under the Radar. Uh, I mean, it was sort of that, destined. I'm really upset you mentioned the name. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Uh, but look, we certainly have stayed friends ever since. And what I remember most about that first encounter was not only your uh, commitment and the interesting choices you would always make, but your sense of humour and ability to tell a ripping yarn um, which certainly always kept morale high on set. Um, I suppose this question seems redundant now, but were you always a natural storyteller? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 it, it had never occurred to me until uh, actually I got into drama school and people were like, oh, you know, the storyteller. And I was like, what? It, 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 it had never occurred to me. It was just sort of a natural state of being for me to... So that was always that. the case for you? Like yeah, that was always the case. Oh, wow, wow. Um, and it, it never occurred to me that it, that I was actually even doing it until uh, I guess other people pointed it out. Right. And then suddenly I thought, oh, okay, so I'm doing that. You studied at the Victorian College of the Arts from memory? I did. Okay. And and, did. and how was that? Uh, the VCA, look, it, it was it, it was a long time ago. Um, but it was a great, it was a great time. You know, this is pre-internet, late 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just... Before the selfie. Before the <laughs> selfie, before Instagram. <laughs> you know, it was before before we, we knew that we could go to America and be in stuff, you know. Sure, I mean, sure. the, the world was much smaller then. Yeah. And uh, it was like, you know, oh, what? I can be on Stingers? <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that, was, that was the goal, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. like uh, just to work and... Uh, so it was. Uh, I, I look back on it as, um, and of course, have maintained friendships with people from that time. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, not a lot of you know, not many people uh, uh, from that time are actually actors today. Yeah. So, uh, right. So it's just because of the tough nature of the business. I guess you know. I guess. Interestingly enough, though, um, I, I was one of the last people to actually get going. To get, you know, to start working right, professionally. Right. So, uh, did yes. you have a plan, Steve? Or was it like, I'm going to try this caper for five, ten years and see what happens? Or, oh, it, or did you instinctively know that it would be an all in for life kind of scenario? It, it, I, I, don't, I didn't really have a plan. Um, but I remember, you know, the fact that I'd made my first feature film before I was 30, I thought was a win. <laughs> you know, was that Darkness Falls? That was Darkness Falls. Right, I was like, oh, right. well, okay, things are, things are moving in the right direction. Yeah, you know? I mean, that was huge for its time. I think from memory, it actually opened at the US box office at number one back in the it day. Did, it, it, yeah, it did very well. Yeah, um, yeah. Frightened a lot of kids at the time. <laughs> it frightened me. <laughs> I was young. I was young back yeah, then. Yeah, you were just a, you're just a toddler at that time. Oh, I'm yeah, not yeah, a toddler. Yeah. Um, but that was so, huge for no, a start, sure. I, I didn't have that much of a plan, uh, except to, to just to keep going no matter what. Uh, what inspired you for your passion for the arts? I mean, I know, do you come from an artistic family? I know you left um, a profession in engineering behind. Uh, not a profession, just a study. I, okay. I wasn't very good at it. So, so you studied to be an engineer? I did, yeah. Big, I mean, big deal. So you left that, of course, for the um, stability of the... Absolutely. <laughs> of the, you know, entertainment industry. I mean, but... I, Fortunate I, in that regard that my parents, you know, didn't give me a hard time about it. Although my dad, just, he, I don't think he 
I don't think he told anyone that he worked with that I wasn't studying engineering for about three years right, after right, I right. left. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, did no, they, they come around in the end? They did. They did. Actually, they, they, they came and saw me in a show. And, uh, and my dad is not like a man of many, many words. Right. Um, he's you know, a pretty simple guy. And afterwards, he, he came up to me and, you know, he sort of had, you know, he was all emotional. After watching you in the yeah, play? Yeah, after watching me. What, in a, what in was a, that It was uh, 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 Chekhov's uh, Three Sisters. Wow. Wow. Very lighthearted stuff. <laughs> yeah, lighthearted stuff. <laughs> and then he came, he, yeah, he came up to me and, uh, and said, look, um, you know, you're not, a, you're not a liar and you're not a bludger. So, you know, do this. But really do it. Like, just really go for wow, it. Wow, what, 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 what lovely word of advice. Yeah, and, and then he said, maybe you should think about changing your name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking about that. Right, really. right. I said, come on, I'm not going to change my name. And then years later, I was like, man, maybe I should have changed my name. To what? To what? <laughs> I don't know. Smith? I had no... Stan I, Smith? I had no... Uh, you know, just, uh, it didn't feel right to change my name. No. no. Never felt right to do right, that. Right, right. As though I was pretending to be somebody I wasn't. Sure, sure. Well, I remember just... It's a common thing in the industry, you know. But it is a common thing, and I, you know, and I get it. I mean, you know, people. Uh, I mean, it's like your podcast, you know, show beers. There's the beers in the show, you know, of course. And the beers says, "Hey, man, be uh, be something, not necessarily who you are, but you know, you be a brand. Yes. And a brand we can market. Yeah. A brand might not necessarily be what you actually are, you know, yeah. deep down inside. A brand could be something, something else." Um, do, do you think there's always going to be abrasion between the creative and the business side of things? Well, um, I mean, nobody, everybody, you always want those two things to be, you know, working in harmony. You want, sure. you want the, you know, want the great gig, um, that's, you know, working on a commercial kind of level and, yes. and all that. But I think it's I think it's to know that that business exists, and I didn't know when I was when I you know when I started out in this I didn't know that I was in a business I didn't know that I was a company I did not know that I was um, you know this entity or a commercial commodity that was being traded. You were coming from a place of honesty, like your father said. None of those things occurred to me. Yeah. I, I had the idea that oh you're good you turn up people you to know respond people will respond and you know. Which again is the blue collar approach, right? And which held you look, in, good in the states. I can't, uh, I can't complain. That is what ended up happening. Yes, yes. Um, uh, but you know, certain things could have happened differently as well, or, or quicker. You know, I don't know. Was there I, a certain turning point for you where you had that epiphany? Well, I, I had an epiphany when I had to leave Australia. Yes, right. I had to. I had an epiphany where I thought, well, that's it. I'm out. Um, and uh, it was the kind of job that came around. And I thought, well, that's not a that that's a once in a decade opportunity. Prison break? Are we talking? About? No, no, no. This is another. Uh, this is another show. Which, and which I thought, was? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll say it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's the slap, right? Oh well. Okay, and there was yeah. this a long, drawn out process in terms of casting. You know, that was Matchbox Pictures. Uh, also Matchbox. Yeah. Um, Alex Dimitriades. Yes, my good friend Alex. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, so. I mean, there was this long, drawn-out casting process yes. for that, which I went right down to the wire for. Right. And I thought, well, if I'm not going to get that job, um, 
then I've got to go because I'm never going to get that job. Right. Here. That's how you felt. That's how I felt. Right. I thought, well, you know, if that's not going to happen right now, then that's not going to happen. So I've got to go. Yeah. I've got to look at other things and do other things. And that was the catalyst for going to the States? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it served you well. So, Alex, you did me a favour. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Steve. Uh, I suppose what I want to ask is, and, and you've kind of touched upon it, I mean, has the Australian film and tele television industry changed much in your time? Oh, it's, it's changed dramatically in the last, uh, you know, 12 you know, twelve to 24 months. The last two years, it's the how, whole landscape how, has completely... How so? How so? Well, um, you know, the idea of diversity, you know, and, us, and as actors uh, of ethnic backgrounds, yes. I mean, you know, we've been on a, a, you know, we, we've known about issues with diversity for a long, long time. And it's not like they haven't been spoken about before, but the kind of action that's being taken now um, is... Unprecedented. It's yeah. unprecedented. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen anything that dramatic go on. Um, I mean, there's quotas now. Well, uh, that never used to happen. No, I'm sure that never used to happen. Um, interestingly enough, uh, <laughs> you know, now I'm just a white guy. Uh, <laughs> just? Well, I mean, before it was, you know. Uh, I mean, the majority of the roles, not, not all the time, but sure. the majority of roles that I went for, you know, had ethnic sounding surnames. Yes. Right. Um, I mean, I, I remember getting cast on an episode of Stingers, like one of my dreams come true there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, I got cast as a character called uh, Joey Rodriguez. Yes. Right? And I remember thinking, there's some Spanish dude at home right now who's just throwing things at the television. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking, that guy? Seriously, he, that guy? He doesn't look like a Rodriguez. He does not look like a Rodriguez. Um, but that was, yeah, I had to take what I could get. Um, nature of the business, really, isn't it? It's the nature of the business. Yeah. But, you know, now, uh, you know, I'm going in for, you know, Anglo roles. I'm being offered all sorts of things. So the, the game has changed. Yeah. Uh, for the better, Steve? I, yeah, I, I like to think so. Yeah. It, it might not uh, necessarily... Um, suit me at times but you know I, I think so and if it goes you know too far the you know one way I mean it'll find a, it'll find a middle ground it'll, it'll balance, balance itself out, out yeah, things will balance point. out yeah, over man. a period of time things are a little militant at the moment but it, it'll balance itself out um, so you know and that's that's you know gender equality you know diversity casting you know it's uh, it, it is quite dramatic um, but it's an important conversation that we need to have don't you think absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely I also, I mean, my hope is that, uh, you know, with um, uh, some of the streaming networks that are coming in and, you know, and Stan and Netflix being around, that more uh, uh, diversity in content. Do you think that's been a blessing with, you know, as you said, streaming services like Netflix and Stan and Hulu, etc.? I mean, I know you had a big hit on uh, Netflix with the suicide theory. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that was a, I mean, and for, for, for people out there, um, you know, that was a film that was made with $45,000. You're kidding. You know. Shoestring budget. So, I mean, after they paid me, they had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But it was $45,000 shot with a very small but very capable 
uh, a crew. Yes. Um, what was the duration of the shoot? If you four don't weeks. Know. Wow, $45,000. For $45,000 in four weeks. So that was clearly a labor um, of And to see, you know, for... For that film to end up on Netflix in America and to win some awards over there in the States. That's got a huge cult following on Netflix. <laughs> I get messages from people from all over the world about really? it. Really? Till yeah. this day? That's incredible. Yeah, from all over the world about it. Um, and I'm very... I, I feel humbled by it. And that's, I guess, what, coming back to my point in terms of diversity of content, you know, um, that is a very, very uh, different kind of film... It's a very different kind of, you know, I, I'm the lead in it. That makes it different, you know. Just some context for the listeners. Who did you play? I played a, I played a, 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 a hitman <laughs> by the name of Stephen Ray. Right. And um, I started reading it thinking, oh, okay, yeah, hitman story, yep, yep. And then I thought, wait a minute, sorry, what? He's wearing a dress? Um, I thought, this is weird. And so it started off painting by numbers 101. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's what I thought. Turn, and then yeah. it just started to, you know, turn quite a bit. Right. And I thought this is quite interesting. And then I spoke to a, a Drew Brown, the director, and uh, he started talking to me about Michael Mann. And I'm like, for forty five thousand. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was very, very late. I mean, I just got this random call. I, I, I genuinely remember you actually calling me and telling me about it. I just heard from a couple of guys from Queensland, I think yeah. it was. You said something along the lines of, and, and I'm paraphrasing, a couple of directors sent me a script and I've no idea who they are. And I just uh, got You hadn't read it at that stage. Um, but well, yeah, it was you, a good time because I was free, obviously, <laughs> and I just finished uh, you know, uh, shooting I Frankenstein, so I felt really you know, I was in a good place. And right. I thought, great. Yeah, I said, okay. And the thing is, when I spoke to my agent about it, I said, like, well, what have I got to lose, really? Yeah. I mean, not, you know, you don't get a call about a feature film every day. No, no. So it's worth having a look at. Absolutely. And so I spoke to them over the phone, and then they were like, and we start shooting Monday. I was like, whoa, slow down. Monday? And they were like, yeah. And you received the call when? Uh, like that week, you know, the, like the previous week. <laughs> oh, wow. and, I, and I said to them straight, I said, I know I'm not your first call. I know, that, you know, what's going on here. Yeah. And they said, look, this was a bigger project. It had money, more money attached. It had names international, you know, and all that went away. And then he said, I saw you uh, uh, in a short, a John Evergora short called Joey. Wow, great, great, great short on film. On SBS. Great short film if you haven't seen it, Joey, which I think, Steve, you won the St Kilda Film Festival Award for. I did. Yeah, <laughs> right. no, no, it was a brilliant film, brilliant film. So he sees that. On a that Saturday night on SBS, you know, late one night on SBS, he says, "That guy, I got to call that guy." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, okay." So he sends it to me. I read it, and then I call him back, and I said, "Monday? How much money have you guys got? How are you going to shoot all this?" <laughs> yeah. He said, "We got forty-five grand." I was like, "Nah, come on, mate. You can't make this film. You can't make a feature film with that money." And he's like, "Well, we think we can." Yes. And I thought, "Well, if you're going to back yourself, then um, I'll back myself too." So but, I'll come up there and we'll make it. But what a compliment. I mean, all, all, all that big budget stuff fell through. Mm. This guy was inspired by watching you in a short film, I believe Joey was, and said, that guy can pull off this narrative. Yeah. Um, that I mean, apart from the fact that you're probably buying your own lunch and um, 
Flying. Oh, no, I got looked after. I stayed oh, okay. at the producer's house. You know, it was, it was, a, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was a pretty cool, you know, yeah, it was, it was a cool couch. experience. Yeah, yeah. But I remember after the, oh, I think it was the second day, it was the second day, and we had this big, you know, sort of dramatic scene to shoot, you know. And obviously, I'm just rock. you know, I'm doing my thing, right? You know, I'm not thinking. Were you all in at this stage with this character? Like, you had read the script, I had, I had tried to process as much as I possibly could, and I said to him, look, I'm just going to, I'm going to go into every scene with everything I, I I can think of. Did you have a clear idea of how you... I had were... a pretty good idea about w w what he was. Okay. Um, and how I wanted to go about it. Not that I could actually verbalise it to her because I spoke to the director. I only got there on the sun, on the Saturday well, afternoon. You didn't have time to... No, there was no time to... To digest, yeah. I just said, look, there's things that I, you know, I like about it and there's this and I like this and I like that. So I'm just going to get in there and go for it. He goes, great. Um, and then on the second day, I finished this big, you know, it was a big kind of dramatic sort of one, one of the scenes later in the film. And, uh, so they said, oh, wrapped. It's, you know, yep, we're wrapped, you know, move to the next location. And he came, you know, the director came up to me and he said, he said, yeah, wow. He goes, um, everyone's on board now. <laughs> After watching. And I said, wait a first minute. Take. I go, what do you mean? I go, what do you mean? What do you mean everyone's on board now? He said, well, he goes, just between you and me, a lot of the crew and, People, are, you know, I mean, they went from Tom Hardy <laughs> oh, know, really? to this guy from Melbourne that they didn't know, right? That was their wish list? Oh, well, apparently he was attached to it some, some oh, years wow, before. Oh, wow, You know, in wow. a pre five years prior to that film being made, he was attached to shooting. Tom Hardy was actually attached to the Suicide yeah. Theory. Wow, I don't know wow. if you ever saw it. See what you think, so Tom. They saw your, work, <laughs> they saw your work on Joey and said, we don't want Tom Hardy. He's out. <laughs> And we don't have five million. Get a Steve right now. He's out. He's doing Mad Max. We don't have five million. Sure. For um, <laughs> lunch. So, so, so he says to me, he goes, you know, a lot of the a lot of the crew were, were kind of like, well, you know, who's this guy and what's what's that all about? And he said, but they know now. And I was like, wow, okay. Know now because they had seen... They watched it and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So suddenly wow, everybody wow. got excited about the film that we were making. How did that make you feel? It's sort of just the idea of being judged by the crew that you've just started working with didn't quite, yeah. hadn't quite dawned. Luckily, I no. wasn't thinking like that. Well, I thought, well. oh, okay. All right, guys. Game on. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's testament to your storytelling abilities. Look, just, just staying on developing a character, like, I've always genuinely wanted to ask you, what is your process? Do you have a specific process or does it vary from character to character? It, it does vary from character to character and it varies in terms of uh, project to project, in terms of what, what I'm going to be thinking about on the day. Maybe I'm not going to be thinking about it. I don't want to think about anything on the day. You know, have, have all the thinking done and on the day I don't want to think at all. I yeah. just want to do. Um, but uh, I don't know. There's just there's pennies drop. I go for long walks. I, I, I saw a, I saw a thing just recently with Christian Bale, and I went. I'm not comparing myself to Christian Bale, but I, I I heard what he said about it, and I went, yeah, I get that. Which is he go, you know, he said just sitting in a room staring at a, a at a wall for hours on end, you know, and then I walk out of there and have some idea about what I'm going to do. Well, what does that mean? 
Well, I don't know. It's just sort of... <laughs> it just, like, honestly, just digesting stuff. And that's what made yeah. it weird about the suicide theory thing was there was, wasn't a lot of time to digest it. So a lot of what's in that film is just instinct. That's just my just reaction. Just playing the moment? That's just my reaction to the, the material that's in front of me because I've only had it, like... Yeah, for a weekend. A weekend. And, you know, I'm learning sort of scenes the night before... And then I'd go in, you know, with uh, Drew and say, look, I'd be editing scenes. Yes. Going, wow, you know, I'm, I'm repeating myself three times in this scene. You know, why am, why am I saying this three times? Yeah. You so know? you were finding this oh, guy yeah, as, and he was as like, you were filming. Do you want to cut it? And I said, yeah, I want to change this. I want to add. And he said, all right, go for it. He hadn't written it, so he didn't have that much of an attachment to sure, it. Sure, sure. Um, but then the strange thing was, as we were shooting it, we'd finish early every day. And I'd go, Drew, I mean, have we got some, is, is, are the pubs shutting now? Or, you know, <laughs> Where were you filming? In, uh... in Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Oh, okay, right. And I said, you know, what's happening? He goes, no, we got it. I said, mate, what? And was that a recurring theme? One, two takes? All the time. And I, I, you know, and you I kept going and explore it a bit more. Well, not only that, but I kept saying, uh, "Are you watching Rush? You know, can I come and have a look?" He's going, "No." no Did you, you watch the dailies? No. He's like, "No, no, no don't worry about it. I don't, you know, no, no, it's going really good. It's going really good." And I thought, "Mate, come on, man. We're doing one take, two takes, and we're out of these yeah. things." Like, well, are you more of a De Niro type? 15, 20 takes? No, it's. I don't want to do it forever, but I thought. You know, we're not in a, we're not running out of time sure, here. Sure. A, let's, a, little, know, a little more leeway than play, one, two let's takes. Let's play, yeah. let's play. And he's like, no, no, we got it. And then um, there was, it was screening in Los Angeles. <laughs> it was at the Kodak Theatre. And I kept saying to him at this festival there, and I kept saying to him, Drew, can you please send me a link to the film? I, I can't watch this film with a cinema full of strangers for the very, very first time. Oh, that's really, that's really daunting. Can you please just send me... The film, so I can at least... Yeah, know, we'll, so you hadn't seen it. I hadn't saying. seen anything. Do you have a problem watching yourself on screen? Is that no, the but I like to be prepared a bit. You know? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, I, you know, I thought, oh, yeah. Because I just, you know, there's a lot a of... experience. There's a lot of strange stuff in this film. Sure. And I know because I'm carrying it or, yeah. or I'm in the whole thing, yeah. I had to, I wanted to see some. And he kept saying, oh, mate, you'll be fine, you know? You'll be fine, don't worry about it. Oh, no, it's fine. Oh, yeah, all right, I'll send you that link. Never did. And then um, deliberately, do you think? I think so. <laughs> and then, um, and then we're sitting there, and uh, you know, it's so it starts, and I thought, oh god, this is so painful. There's a lot of people here. This is this is intense. This is right. an intense thing to watch this film. Of course, of course. With all the stuff that's in it, with all these people for the first time, and uh, but I did have a friend of mine who was next to me, and about twenty minutes in, you know, I say he's like eating his popcorn. He goes, it's good. It's good. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I just relaxed and watched it. At a certain point, I just... And how was it? Um, did it exceed your expectations? It did exceed my expectations, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, the production value and some of the things that are in that film, actually, and I, I kept saying to him, I don't think the end's going to work. You know, I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, We're not yeah. going to pull it off. You know, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And so, he's like, no, I think it's going to work. And then <laughs> Drew said to me afterwards at the Q&A, he goes, as you know, people were clapping and we're just walking out the front there. He says, what I tell you? Two takes. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and it works, right? Do you find normally it's the first take or the last take? Probably. That are the best takes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't know while I'm shooting. Of course. Uh, but uh, 
I see when I do tapes for auditions. Yes. Yeah, it's either the first one or it's the last one. The first one, you don't think about it as much. Yeah. And, and the last, last one, one you, so buy the, you buy the perfected in it. You're so exhausted by the last take. You just, yeah, that it's... Um, well, that's a hell of an experience. And it was received, thing. you know, with critical acclaim. Yeah, it did, it did well for it, yeah. Will there be a sequel? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you'll probably get it on a Saturday again and be up on Monday. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for it. I'm there for it. Thanks for listening to part one of the Showbiz Podcast's interview with Steve Mazakis. Tune in next time for part two on the Showbiz Podcast with Robert Rabaya and Joey Colley-Sowry.